piece of me? Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, Bunk? Good morning, Vietnam! I love the smell of red pump in the morning. You're gonna need a bigger boat. I feel the need. The need for speed. I wish I knew how to quit you. Love means never having to say you're sorry. You do! You'll shoot your eye out, kid. What's up, film fans? Welcome to episode 262. Welcome to our fifth anniversary, and welcome to the Cinema Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Juan, and I'm joined by the cast, the crew, the guys. Ella? Hello. Hey, hey. Zach and Zach. Uh, hey, what's going on, guys? And then special guest, uh, Zach Shear. How are How you, you guys doing? doing today? Can't complain. How are you guys doing? It's a beautiful day in California. Pretty much. It's I'm actually just... been nice here in Oklahoma, too. We're usually like, yeah. we get three days of fall, and then it's just way too cold. Yeah. And yeah, we actually are hey, getting a fall already. I actually miss the seasons, to be honest with you, because it just seems like the years go by so fast out here. It's like hmm. eight years like that, because there's wow. no seasons. It's, you wow. know, it's just... I I can completely see that. I've been to California a couple of times in various seasons, but mostly like Fresno, LA area. And yeah, it's so weird how it's pretty much always the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, it gets pretty hot in the summer. I'm not going to lie, but yeah. 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 The last time I went, it was like in November, October. And it was the first time I saw a beach foggy. Like it was so foggy. Oh, yeah. We went to Moro, very rare. Moro beach. And you there at there you see it like the huge like Moro rock. You couldn't even see the rock. It was so foggy. Oh wow. Yeah, it can get pretty foggy out here too. Like I'm closer to like Laguna Beach area. It's pretty uh, foggy over there too because the mountains kind of create its own atmosphere over there, you know. Right. So yeah. Yeah. You miss the boiling summer weather over here. So you're you're not missing much on that. Yeah. We yeah, uh, I spent a little bit of time in Florida this uh this summer and <laughs> Oh my God, it was hot down there. We went down there to visit some family and stuff. Me and a, me and a bunch of family members went down there and yeah. really hot. But I'm used to the hot summers in Illinois too. So, because I'm from Illinois. So, trust me, I've lived it. Yeah. So, guys, let's get ready to get into uh, our, our interview with Zach. If you guys have not joined us or if this is your first time watching or listening, uh, you guys can listen to us on any streaming service that you guys listen to podcasts, Amazon Music, um, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify. Um, and then you can check us out here on the social medias, facebook.com forward slash the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. The Instagram is all one word, the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. And then uh, X, formerly known as Twitter, is at Cinnamon405. Or you can send us the emails, which is C-I-N-E, Cinnamon921, at gmail.com. So, um, Ella, do you want to get into the first question? What would you uh, like to ask Zach before we um, get things kicked off? So, I watched and looked up some stuff about this movie, watched a trailer, saw the cast who was in it. So, um, I'm kind of just wondering how long have you been in the industry? What big projects have you uh, worked on? So I've been in the industry now about eight years, I'd say. Um, 
Yeah, it's been close to eight years. And uh, projects-wise, I've gotten a chance to work on some TV, um, some film. Uh, it's kind of been up in the air, a um, little bit of everything. I kind of got my career started in TV. Um, actually, in the stunt world a little bit is really where I really oh, yeah. got my foot in the door. Um, I worked on a television series called Kingdom, and I came in to do like a one line or something like that. And I used to I used to dabble in mixed martial arts and I have one like semi pro mixed martial arts fight. And uh, oh, so awesome. when I was on set, it's it's an MMA show. And when I was on set, I met Joe Daddy Stevenson, which is like he's like a UFC Hall of Famer and uh, pretty much showed him some of my stuff. And he brought me on the show. And next thing you know, I was Nick Jonas's stunt double. And uh, that got me my ah! sad card. Yeah, and that got That's me my so card awesome. and, and that was in 2015, and um, the rest has been history. That's that's what truly got my foot in the door. And the funny thing is, is to pay homage to Joe in this film, um, I actually the character Ty Simpton's character actually is obsessed with MMA in the film. So I reached out to Joe, and I got him in touch with production, and um, we had a shirt made with Joe Daddy Stevenson on the front and um, pretty much a homage to him. And then there was a scene that I helped. I, I didn't help that much, but I helped a little bit in writing a, a small five second scene where I just made a couple lines where uh, Sierra Ramirez's character says, oh, Joe Daddy Stevenson. And he, then Ty says, oh, you like MMA? You know, so. Um, just one of those nice throwaway lines Joe. that's just for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I wanted to, I wanted to pay homage to Joe, which is who really got my foot in the door. I mean, he, he brought me into the kingdom family and, you know, from there it blossomed. So I, really, I really truly that. love that story. Um, so I'm a nurse in the ER, typically just ER, ICU kind of, but just critical care background. And um, we've had a film industry for quite a while in Oklahoma and it's just now picking up, but the people I always see in the ER are the stuntmen. <laughs> Literally, yeah, we get I'm them sure. pretty often. I mean, not like crazy often because that would be like really bad for everyone. But like, I always meet the stuntman first. Yeah, yeah. No, they get they get beaten, banged up, and you know, thankfully, I didn't have to dabble into it much. I mean, that wasn't my goal. It was simply an in and I saw the opportunity and I capitalized on it. And I do have quite the physical background. So I was able to adapt pretty well, but mainly I was like an MMA type stunt double. I mean, I did right, get tossed right. a couple of times. I, I got, uh, I got hit, tossed and slammed by, you know, uh, Diego Sanchez and a couple other guys, uh, Gray Maynard and, um, you know, a couple other people, but you know, and that's it, just called living your dream, man. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. And I saw that as an opportunity. And hey, if it takes getting hit in the face, I don't mind. I again, I, I stepped in the cage <laughs> once before and thankfully wasn't hit in the face. But hey, you know, you got to you got to take your years, licks. And I would not fight, even shadow box with Tyson Fury. I'd get hit. No. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's a he's a beast to be reckoned with. But I'd rather not step in the in the uh, <coughs> ring with Mike Tyson. Even Tyson Fury uh, says he wouldn't step in the ring with Tyson. So yeah, yeah. never. He, yeah, so Zach, I, uh, I asked this question last week to some of the guys that were on the podcast with me, and I yep. thought I'd ask you as well. Uh, what does Zach drink first thing in the morning? What's the first thing that you drink or take a sip of to like get you going? Is it it's a C four? Yes. Something along the lines of an energy drink. 
which I know I should probably chill out with. Um, they're not the most healthy, um, but a protein shake and an energy drink. I mean, that is 365 days a year protein. Exactly. Premier protein. That's my go-to the caramel and an energy drink. And, um, I mean, the, the protein shake is good, but energy drink, probably not the greatest. And I think I've Dude. graduated to two a day now, which is probably even worse. And you're talking, I take a pre-workout as well before I work out. Oh, so, wow. Oh, yeah. So you're. I really need to pull it back. So I, just, I, I uh, mean, it's probably a really good thing that you do a lot of physical activity during the day, I hope. <laughs> oh, I do. I do. But. Even then, I mean, it's it's not good for your body to have 800 milligrams of caffeine a day. I mean, nah, especially I, all the other crap that's probably in there. I mean, so, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. I drink I'll, 300 milligrams and I'm like shaking. So I'm like, nope, nope. Got to yeah. get that down. <laughs> I'm past the sh I'm past the shaking. That that was years ago. So. So yeah. after after you know looking you up, you you reached out to us, and I I kind of wanted to ask this last week um, when we, yeah. just me and you were talking. But how did you come across finding us? How did that work out? I don't know, man. It popped up. One of your guys, one of your, your things popped up on my YouTube. <laughs> and I was like, oh, what is this? And I started watching it a little bit. And I'm like, I've been getting calls from from to do podcasts and been asked to do some things. And I'm like, I think this one would be pretty cool to jump on. I mean, I like the fact that you guys go over the films. A lot of the films that you guys have went over, I'm big fans of. I do have to admit, I'm not a big fan of the of the uh, uh, cartoon, the Batman cartoons. Right. Um, that one I did watch when I was a kid, not going to lie, but, um, everything else that like I, I watched you guys bring up, I, I, I enjoy talking about film. I mean, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing is because I literally enjoy film. It's, it's what I enjoy doing. I like to tell stories. I like to be part of stories. And, um, you know, these movies have shaped us. I mean, it's shaped me yeah. completely. Um, the archetypes that are talked about in every single film. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with, you know, how to devise and write a script, but they all have a specific pattern and beat that you're trying to look for. And a lot of that is yeah. an archetypal, um, story that was told for, I mean, these, these type of stories have been told for hundreds, there's thousands of years, you know what I mean? So it's, it's something that's ingrained in our DNA is storytelling and, um, you know, I, I wanted to be a part of it ever since I was a kid. I mean, I remember having, I had a, um, I think it was seventh grade. I took a, a speech class and in the speech class, um, Mrs. Steele was the name of the teacher. And in the speech class, she would give us opportunities to do these little like bits. And me and a buddy of mine, Nick Formhalls, um, picked out Mel, Mel Brooks, thousand year old man. And I think it's 10,000 year old man actually. Yeah. And we did it. We did a little stint on that. And even though I was already playing, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Bruce Lee, karate in the basement with every movie I watched trying to be the hero, then something sparked in me with that. And, and we had a blast. I mean, we actually went um, to like competitions and did that. And we did very well. Um, and but, you know, at some point that that somebody told me it wasn't possible and it kind of died. And then later in life, it, it woke back up, and thankfully it did, and here I am. So, nice. Well, talking about what you drink in the morning, uh, your character that you play in the upcoming movie, Stu, probably <laughs> yeah. something that Stu would like to uh, crack open. I think Stu yeah. would probably crack open a Stu's Brew, which actually <laughs> next week is being launched in Kentucky at Mirror Twin Brewing. It's exclusively their drink it's a mango ipa 
Oof. I would imagine Stu would probably go for that. And that was that was good. I didn't even expect you to, to, to give me the opening for that. That was really good. So, hey. but yeah, yeah. Um, you can catch that. A little more information on that. You can look it up. There, we're doing like a meet and greet, um, a little like play some games and stuff there. But it's in Lexington, Kentucky. Anybody that can make it out there, you know, it'd be great. Um, it's going to be it's going to be fun. And we're releasing that beer and it's got uh, good old Stuart Gable right on the front with his arms crossed. And once you see the film, you'll understand why an IPA is is important to Stu. Or should so, I say not important to Stu? <laughs> right. So to save her job uh, uh, and we'll, we'll go over the synopsis of uh, what your what your movie's getting ready to be released. September 29th is the is the release date. The reeducation of Molly Singer. Um, to save her job, a young lawyer must go undercover enrolling as a freshman at her old alma mater in order to uh, in order to be uh, <clears throat> the sorry going over cold the well-being of her boss, terribly awkward teenage son, um, and that's from IMDb. If you guys want to look IMDb IMDb up, um, but it's directed by a Andy Palmer. Um, how was the process of getting involved with this project and what was it like getting, you know, just your feet wet in this, in this project here. So, um, Andy, I've worked with Andy in the past. Um, we worked on one project together in the, actually no two projects together in the past. Um, as far as me acting and him and directing. And then also, um, he's worked on a couple other projects with me where he was doing editing and stuff. So, um, also me and Andy have written a few projects together. Um, so I have a relationship with Andy and I have a relationship with one of the producers as well. Um, and another producer as well. So when the, the story was written and it was brought to me by a producer, um, with me, with the intention of me playing Stu, um, I don't know if I was always intended to play Stu. Um, but I know that when this producer particularly got their hands on it, they thought, Oh, okay, Stu, Stu would fit pretty well with Zach. Um, and then I got the script early In all honesty, I think I may have gotten that script before any other cast member member, maybe I'm not sure. Um, that's kind of exciting to like be yeah, the first yeah. it in was, something. It was, it was pretty awesome. Um, but again, it was a big gamble for these guys to give me this chance. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. They, they had to like me and Andy worked through zoom calls and together to, you know, make sure that I was going to be able to play this. Um, you know, it wasn't something that was just handed to me in that sense. Um, but in a way it was a trained ability that collided with an opportunity. If I wouldn't have shown them what I was made of and who I am and how much work ethic I have and, um, you know, the depths that I'm willing to go for my career in regards to character building and, and doing what I need to do. I will be the hardest worker in that room. I, I assure you, yeah. I will know every line that I have, including everybody else's lines. And I made that apparent very, very seriously. Soon. Yes. Yes. And I made that apparent very soon. So I, I want to say that they always had me in mind for that part. And um, you know, I went to college, I was in a fraternity, I saw many, many, many douchebags like Stu. Uh, I yeah. probably was one of them. Um, maybe I don't know, but um, it was it was a fun, fun character to play. And That's by the way, awesome. I'm very long-winded. If I talk too much, just 
No. Just smack me and I'll stop talking. No, it's no, great. No, you're you're giving, yeah, you're, it's a great answer. So I have a question for you about um, directors that you haven't worked with. Are there any that you would like to collaborate with in the future? Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, of course, everybody wants to work with like a Scorsese or, you know. Uh, Spielberg, you know, and, you know. Yeah, Spielberg, Scorsese, Coppola. Um, even Stallone, I would love to work with Stallone. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, or even let's say David Fincher, I would love to work with like, you know, some of those, but, um, more recently that's coming up, it looks like I might be getting the opportunity to work with, uh, Sheldon Lettich, which is the director of Lionheart and Double Impact. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, if that takes off, which it looks like it's going to take off and me and Sheldon have had multiple talks about it. We've, you know, talked about the script. We've already started developing the character and all that kind of stuff. And Sheldon, you know, basically he thought of me for this role. You know, he basically called me up and said, man, I got something great for you. Um, and I would really, really want to work with him in the future. I solely do the fact that, I mean, Lionheart, I, I'm sure you guys have seen Lionheart. I mean, that is honestly, in my opinion, one of Van Damme's absolute greatest performances not just in the action genre but as far as acting in general and i think that sheldon helped bring a lot of that out of him because talking with sheldon he's got a clear vision and he's good at understanding the actual actor that he's put in that character he's good at devising and understanding what they're good at their strengths their weaknesses and capitalizing on that and so i'm looking forward to working with sheldon but if i had to like right now pick one out of a hat like Hey, you get to work with this director tomorrow on this project. Honestly, man, I'm going to go a little bit outside the box and I'm going to say Stallone just right, because I, cool. I'm, I'm such cool. a fan. Yeah, I'm such a fan of his work ethic and I would want to go toe to toe with him and show him, okay, I've learned so much from you over the years watching you. You're the first person to show up, the last person to leave. You're the, the first person to sweat, you know. <laughs> Let I, me be here early. Let's go toe to toe. Let's see who yeah. can do it. Let's, you, you know, know, I would love to do that. That's just, awesome. It sounds like the, you're just coming to that point of this is your job to you're actually living that dream because yeah, I, I know from the way you're you're sounding, um, how many like first scripts or even close to first scripts have you gotten before? What do you mean first scripts? Like where I'm like number one? You, like the yeah, like you're number one or you were thought of for the role and didn't just try out for things like um, that. Honestly, I've probably got to say just just this these two, the the Stu and the Sheldon Ludditch. I mean, um, I would say again, I'm I'm sure that you know there's somebody out there that wanted that. Actually, I do know there was somebody out there that wanted the Stu character. I can't say who it is, but he's a known guy. Um, he's on a very prevalent hit series, and I thought for a minute, man, how are these guys going to step up and and stand behind me with this guy wanting this this role? But they That's did, so you know. And Andy and and one of the producers, Warner, you know, those guys, they believed in me, and they gave me my shot. And I told them every day. I probably told them, I'm going to kill it for you guys. I promise. I will not let you down. Thank you for the opportunity. Every day. And so That's I couldn't awesome. just say that. I mean, I had to live it. I had to. Every day going to the set, man, it was like I'm pinching myself. Like, is this what I'm doing? You know? But at the same time, there's like a there's like this this like part of a competitive side in me that's like, this is what you're doing. And this is this is who you are. You know, don't think of yourself any lower than anybody you're gonna go toe-to-toe -to -toe with today. 
And so that's what I did. And you got to walk on like a professional and you got to work like a professional and you got to do what you got to do, but have fun doing it. And that's what I did. And I wasn't afraid to go toe to toe with any of those actors that have been doing it since they were kids, since they were child actors, you know, um, I, I, I'm not, I, it doesn't phase me. I can step up and do it because I know I put in the work. I kind of do have a question about what it's like working with Jamie Presley. She's one of my like all time favorites. Jamie's awesome. She is, she's phenomenal. What's your question? There's bugs. Honestly, just how's your experience been? Like you said, she's amazing. Do you see that same work ethic? Is she one of those people that is just going to be there, know her lines and, from her work, how long she's been around, I would guess so, but. Jamie is phenomenal. She honestly like almost mentored and mom mommed us like the whole time. She would always be the one to ask you like, hey, how are you doing? Are they treating you well? Did you get a good, did they give you the right lunch? You know, things like that, which is great. It's, it's, it's good to have. I mean, to me, I'm not, I'm not the type to where I'm going to complain about anything. I'm on a movie set living my dream. There's nothing that I could complain about. They could, like, I could be you know, getting could, yelled at by Tom Cruise. I could, yeah, I, I could say, hey, I want a, a filet and young and they bring me spam and I'm going to be like, okay, cool. Let's do this. You know, that's, that's where, where I am in my mentality. I haven't earned anything yet, but she was great in that sense to where she was that type that would check in on us and, and stuff like that. And then um, when we went to the premiere here in LA to watch it, it was just, again, she was great. You know, she would, she would mentor us and chat with me and my wife. And my wife was a big fan of her. Sarah loved her and uh, they hit it off. They were like best friends all night, you know, and it was great. And um, you know, just, at some point I'm standing back later when we are you know, we're going out with Jamie Presley and it's like, what am I, am I really here right now? You know what I mean? But at the same time, it's like, okay, I am, let's, you know, let's do this. Yeah. So she's let's great. Jamie's Jamie awesome. Presley. That's so cool. I was really, honestly, that's exactly the person I thought she was. And I'm just really glad to have that firsthand validation that it's true. <laughs> and she's, she's so talented, man. I mean, like she literally were standing around and we were chatting about, um, I love Lucy because my wife mm-hmm. and I watch, I love Lucy and Jamie's like a huge, I love Lucy fan. And I didn't even know that. And all of a sudden she just goes into an I love Lucy monologue. And it's like, like I love Lucy's inside of her. Like she was possessed with, with, with Lucille Ball. And she was perfect for it. And I'm like, dude, you would have killed it in that movie with that recent movie that came out. Um, I can't even remember what it's called right now, but um, she would have killed it. She would have done just as well as Nicole Kidman, if not better. I mean, she was phenomenal. And to me, she looks more like Lucille Ball, but I like that casting. The only other person I had in mind for that was Leslie Nope. I was like, it should have been Les or not Leslie, okay. Amy yeah. Poehler. I know, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I could see Jamie stepping into that though. Hardcore. I really could. Yeah, that would be beautiful. I'm glad you mentioned John Claude Van Damme. Because I feel like yeah. when you when you mention eighties or even nineties, like um action heroes like i just got done watching the arnold documentary a few few weeks ago oh that was phenomenal wasn't yeah, it, it was. so inspiring and when so he inspiring. brought up, when he brought up the uh little rivalry with stallone i'm like man where does van damme fit in all this because i'm I, I feel like van damme is so underrated when it comes to 100 percent. not only acting, i believe that acting but doing a lot of his own stunts and his movies uh i was actually getting ready to watch blood sport this week and uh, yeah. I'm just like, 
where you know Sheldon the, wrote Bloodsport. Sheldon Lettuce wrote Bloodsport. Nice. So nice. yeah. Um, sorry, I'm sorry. No, no, you're off. you're good. Um, Universal Soldier. You mentioned Lionheart. Oh, yeah. Double Impact. Yeah. This guy should be on like the 80s and 90s Mount Rushmore of action movies, just like Stallone and and um, Arnold. So I'm glad that you mentioned him. Yeah, I think I, I think I think in my opinion on that, I think it was more so what was happening behind the camera with Van Damme that kind of didn't solidify i mean don't get me wrong dude he's right there yeah but i think there was just some other stuff going on um you know and also you look at arnold like arnold arnold got really you know big into producing and you know stallone got big yeah. into directing and producing and i think van damme pretty much stayed in more so that actor role yeah. um but man in my opinion he's one of the greats he really is, man. I mean, you can't have a conversation with Arnold and Stallone without bringing in Van Damme. Yeah. Come on. You bring know? it over to Zach. Zach had a few questions up that you wanted to bring yeah. up. What's up, Zach? Yeah. No, you were talking about Jamie Presley. And my the question I was going to ask is, you know, on the flip side of the coin, you're also working with uh, Britt Robertson, who I've seen her in a couple of things. She's a very, very talented actress. And Ty she Simpkins, is. who... Obviously, the Insidious films. He was in the well this great, year, man. which was incredible. Is there any oh, actor, 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 actress? Do you look, do you look up to that is just like you know what? I want to go. I want to follow either their career or just like they're just a role model in in the business. Hundred percent. I got a few. Um, right off the top of my head, I got to go with Paul Walker. Um, oh, yeah. In a sense, just for what he stood for outside of the industry. I mean, yeah. talk about a guy that had so much more going on than just acting. I mean, that was just a, yeah. a part that was superficial on the exterior of the surface. I mean, the guy was traveling around helping, you know, people, people. in poverty, you know, buy, yeah. buying people rings that needed it. Like there's a story with him inside of a jewelry store and he buys a couple of ring because, you know, the guy basically told the clerk that, Hey, I'm sorry, you know, I can't afford this one, you know, and he bought it. Like, like I mean, I talk it. about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Talk about a great guy, man. I mean, um, staying true to himself and being who he was. And I, I love that. Um, another person, yeah. I I'm going to give you two more. Another person is Patrick Swayze and uh, yeah. going with a few that are deceased, but I truly think that, that, um, you know, the candles burn so bright sometimes with certain people, um, yeah. that, you know, that's what happens. They burn so bright, they go out. But, um, Patrick Swayze, man, I, I really idolized just how much of a genuine guy he was. And I watch a lot of, I love watching like inside the actor's studio and watching, yeah. you know, um, stuff like this where they're talking and they're being themselves and you get the chance to see who they really are. And I, I watched that interview with him and Barbara Walters where he starts talking about, uh, he gets choked up because he's talking about his father. Mm -hmm. And I love that because his inspiration was, his family and his father, he wanted his father to, to see what he could do, what he could accomplish in this life. And I had the same relationship with my grandfather. And so, you know, seeing that it, it, it hit home with me and the fact that he's a real man, dude, he doesn't care about yeah. getting dirty. He's not whining yeah. about his food. He's not whining about what he didn't get. He's going out there and earning every second. And there's something honorable about that. There's something honorable about a guy that doesn't mind getting a little bumps and bruises, you know, as long as it betters everyone else. And I think, I think the impact is about 
you know, how do you impact somebody after you're gone, after you leave either yeah. the conversation or you come, you leave this earth that that's, that's what it's all about, you know? And so yeah. I'd say him and then another deceased one, um, Robin Williams, same oh, way. Man. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, and, and you not, talk about, not even go ahead. No, I was going to say, I was going to say, you talk about inside the actor studio, that interview with him is just gold. Oh, it, it's, it's everything that you roof, want man. it to be. It's incredible. It's so inspiring. <clears throat> and, you know, I watched all that stuff. I remember being in college and watching that stuff and, and thinking, you know, one day I can get there, you know, one yeah. day I'm going to do this, but you know, did I ever really think it was going to happen? No, but going back to, to Robin Williams, it's like that, that Ben Affleck story, that with Ben and Matt where yeah. you know they wrote that script and literally he came on and did that for nothing and put the money back into the movie because he believed in it. And then literally he, he basically started Matt Damon's career, man. Yeah, I mean, he walked right. Matt Damon over to the director of talented Mr. Ripley and he met him, you know, while he was, while he was a nobody or no, no, I'm sorry. It wasn't talented. It was for, um, uh, Saving Private Ryan. He met Spielberg, Spielberg. just yeah. because he goes, hey, man, let's take, I just want to introduce you. And then, boom, yeah. he goes, wait a minute. I think I saw your your audition tape, didn't I? No, no, you're and, perfect. But I thought you were skinny from, from that movie you did, man, Courage Under Fire. You remember that, that interview? Yeah. And to me, it's like that kind of stuff, man, picking people up. The one thing I want to do in this industry, I want to pick people up, man. I don't want to put and, them down. And, I don't, you and, know, and that, and it happens too much in this industry. And to me, it's just like, I know it's hard to believe that Robin will be gone 10 years next year. That That's hard oh, to believe yeah. for me. And I yeah. remember when he passed yeah. away, I just put his stand up on loop. It was just like, you know, it put, it puts you in a good mood. Is it vulgar? Yeah. Absolutely. That was his style, but it just puts a smile on your face. And I think, yeah, unfortunately the way he went out is truly sad, but it, he brought so much yeah. joy. I don't, I, whether or not he knew that in life, I don't know, but it I mean, I, obviously we're all, we're fans of his, a, obviously. There's a documentary I, on yeah. Peacock though, that, you know, a lot of people say the way he went out was, was real sad, but there's a documentary on Peacock and he was truly, you know, faced with a disease that nobody really it's knew. Gonna be about. Bad. Yeah. 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 Um, and but, one of the things that he that really always just he meant a lot from day one for me. The first movie that I remember watching is Patch Adams, which is like mm. the happiest thing you could ever be, yeah. like see. Yeah. And I don't really remember anything in between, but I feel like the next one was What Dreams May Come. And that yeah. is literally what really kind of put into my head what like heaven, hell, suicide, yeah. and all those like yeah. really difficult yeah. concepts. I was like, yeah. not even like seven. And I was like, oh, okay, that fits. Dead yeah. Dead Poet Society was, was oh, one that, yeah. oh my God, jumped in. I mean, of course, Goodwill Hunting, but Dead Poet Society really, that was my first like, other than like obviously being a kid and watching Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh, growing up, it was like Mrs. Doubtfire was all I remembered him from or Peter yeah. Pan. And then when you get a little older, and you watch Dead Poets Society, you're like, holy crap, there is something magnificent to this guy. He's not, yeah. com- he's not just a comic. He's not just a comic. He's not just somebody that's funny and quirky and crazy. He's he's real. And, and you can he feel takes it his in job that. seriously and he does it yeah. to help people. He wants to better yeah. people. Absolutely. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's, he and, would talk, that- he would talk to a bum on the street the same way he would talk to the president of the United States. And and that's what I I aspire to be like. 
and that to me is what's incredible as being an actor. You know, obviously, Robin Williams is no promise for his comedy. I mean, you can't forget Jumanji. I, that was a huge player oh, in my house when I was a absolutely. kid. Absolutely. Yeah. But like yeah. you said, he can do Dead Poets Society. He can do Good Good Morning Vietnam, mm-hmm. Good Will Hunting. Those type of he can do it because he's felt anything. he's felt that. Yeah, yeah he's, he's felt, done everything. He's felt those. He's it's in there, you know. It's I truly think like to be good at what you do too, you gotta go through some pain, man. You have had to feel yeah. some pain. You gotta be able to go I mean, there. We, I mean, we talked about last week, no hard feelings with Jennifer Lawrence, and I think she's another one. She's she's a very good dramatic actress, but with that movie, she can do raunchy comedies, you know. It's just yeah, the ability to yeah. go back and forth is very impressive. Um, it's funny you, know, you bring that film up because that we get the re-education of Molly Singer has been getting uh, nabbed a little bit. They're you. saying, oh, this it's very similar to that. And it's really not. Once you watch it, and, you'll see. And to be honest, in the trailer, the it didn't look like it. Way, no, but people are saying it. Like, it's just because she right. goes undercover. I mean, but you know how oh, many undercover yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff there is out there, man? I mean, exactly. Come on. Well, well and, speak, so. and, speaking, and speaking on that, um, you know, you obviously you're in one of the most highly highly praised highly criticized businesses in the world hollywood movie yeah. making yeah yeah how do you you know if i if i may ask how do you deal with rejection because you know obviously you could have a really hard skin to go into that business and be rejected 1800 times for different things just how do you as a as an individual I think, as an actor take on take that on well aside from how i deal with it myself i I would say the best way to deal with any rejection in life is having a particular action that you take daily to better your mind, better your body, better your soul, being a better person in general. If you're taking actions that are snowballing into those tiny little nuggets of confidence that fit back in here and in here, then when the rejection comes, it's nothing. It falls yeah. off you and you That's can't good. lay your entire soul or stake into one thing. I've had plenty of rejection. I just had some not too long ago. It's mm-hmm. part of the, any business. It's not just part of this business. It's part of life and you have to let it roll. And the only way to do that is to stay moving because this moment you stop, it's like what Bruce Lee used to say, running water never goes stale. So you just got to yeah. keep flowing. And if you keep flowing, you'll start to break apart the rock and the pieces will open to where you can go through that channel at some point. And another thing too is to, that's helped me in, in my thoughts is knowing that, okay, maybe this just wasn't meant for me. My wife's really good at that. Not, not that there aren't times that I'm not like, oh man, yeah. trust me, it's there. That's a normal thing. Um, but my wife's great too at telling me, hey, look, Maybe it's just not where you're supposed to be right now. And to tell you the truth, that has happened. There has been roles that I have gotten to where if I would have gotten a different role, I wouldn't even have the opportunity because I would have been caught up in that, you know, or certain things like that in life. And you have to look at at it like that. There's what's the other alternative? You know, the other alternative is, is, is nothing but, you know, chaos and, and destruction. You can't look Mm -hmm. at life like that. You, if you look at it, as you just found a nugget of gold, no matter what you win. And that might sound naive, but it's not. 
I really know, feel like gonna... you're just listening to the core of what martial arts and MMA kind of teaches. Oh, you. absolutely. Yeah. So, absolutely, I mean, yeah. it makes complete sense that you have that mindset. Absolutely. So, so Zach, I yeah, martial arts question. are a big integral part of my life. Very big. Like, I'm sorry, Juan, no, go no, ahead, buddy. You're, you're good. Um, you, you brought this up just a little bit ago about, you know, this is a tough business and it's almost like you're so genuine as far as, you want to leave the business better than the way you found it. You I want know? to leave life better. I want to leave humanity better than the way I found it for sure. And I'm just using this business as a catalyst, you know? Yeah. And you know, for what it, for what it may, may be, you know, I'm not a part of the industry, not a part of the business, but I'm a, I'm a movie fan. I love it. Uh, it helps me get through life. So everything you guys do when it comes down to actors, movies, uh, I almost look at it like it's just a, a society of uh, the best of the best, whether you're in, you know, the, honestly, it doesn't matter to me what some of the people may be in as far as from the top all the way down to the bottom, somebody bringing in the catering or somebody eating the catering. Like, I'm always going to say hats off to you and anybody who's willing to get in front of the camera and do stuff like that. Huge fan. Um, yeah, and that's, that's, that's genuine. But I had a question about like gold yeah. before this year is over, or maybe just in general, just movie wise or business wise, what's some of the goals that you want to just set out for yourself for the next, maybe if you, if you had like a five-year plan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to touch on something you said though, um, as far as holding, you know, people in front of the camera up to a higher standard, I think. I think anybody that is taking the necessary steps and action to go after whatever they want to do, regardless if you're in a camera, you're a bricklayer, you're working on toilets, you're president of the United States, you run a Fortune 500 company, whatever it is, as long as you're staying true to yourself and you're literally taking the necessary steps to better yourself and those around you every day, you, you win. And, and it doesn't matter if you are doing that for a, a family of four or a family of 40 million it, it's, it's the same, you know, it's, it's like the butterfly effect that, that one little thing that might spark into one person that you talk to may change, you know, their great, great grandkids life or, or something along those lines. And that person may do something so amazing for this planet or this world or whoever that is, <clears throat> it's, it's so giant. There's nothing little, if, if that makes sense, you know, but, um, yeah. so, you know, you know, I think action, I think taking action is, is number one for that. Um, taking action in something that's going to better people, not taking action, just any type of action. But right. um, I'd say in regards to like what, oh man, my five-year plan, you said? Yeah. I mean, for one, I, 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 I have two projects that are in the works right now. I mean, one, I would like the SAG strike to be over. Um, yeah. I would like them to get that worked out and where everybody's on an even keel and everybody's happy as best as they can possibly be. Um, two, I definitely would like to work on these two projects. I've got a comedy. Um, it's, it's going to be a fun comedy and I play, I'm going to be playing a pretty funny character. I'm, I can't go into much cause it's not, nothing's been released at all. Um, and then of course the, the action flick, which is more of, you know, something I've always wanted to do to kind of showcase my martial arts and get into the action genre, which I, you know, it's funny. I, when, when comedy stepped on my doorstep with Dave, it started with Dave, the television show, Dave. 
and then uh, this one here. Well, then there was another another zombie comedy I did. A very, very, very small role there. Um, but I was like comedy, dude. I want to, I want to be kicking people in the face. What are you talking about? Like, you know what I mean? But, but a lot of my friends and everybody would tell me like, dude, you're hilarious. Like the people that know me the most and see how I, you know, screw around and play around and make jokes and, and play around a lot was like, dude, that's you. Comedy is you, you have it, go for it. And now it almost feels weird to say like, oh man, I'm ready to, to kick some people in the face for Sheldon Lettich and in, in a film coming up, you know? So it's like, I, I want it all, man, if that makes sense. I don't have a five-year plan. I, I don't have, um, I'm just going with the flow, man. And I'm just, I'm just letting it come to me and I'm going to it and, and whatever's going to happen, I feel like is going to happen for a reason and I'm not yeah. making too much of it and not, you know, also not selling myself short with it. So Hey, whatever happens, man, I could, I, I could die tomorrow. And if that happens, then I'm happy with what I did, but, um, sounds, I do have a it lot sounds of like you want to absorb. It sounds like you want to absorb yes. as much as you can as, as you go. Dude, through. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan still, man. Like at the end of the yeah. day, I'm still a fan. When I worked on Lucifer, I'm like asking the PA, Hey, can you take me over to the friend set? Cause yeah. we're at Warner brothers. I'm like, dude, <laughs> oh, will you take yeah. me over to the friend set. I want to nice. check out the friend set. When we're in the back of the jungle at Warner brothers filming for Lucifer, I'm going, dude, this is where they film Jurassic Park and stuff, isn't it? This yeah. is where they film like uh, Friday the 13th or whatever. Tons of different stuff they filmed over here. And I'm like, oh, that looks familiar. Oh, that looks familiar. You know, like, so at the end of the day, man, I'm still I'm still a fan and I'm just yeah. so happy to be doing it, you know? So let's go. Let's just go. Whatever comes, let's go. Right. So but I, I want to make I the right one... decisions too, so. Yeah. So I got one last question for you, Zach. Um, for sure. Because, because you're in the in the business right now and we're such in a pivotal time of entertainment and movie making and all kinds of stuff with the the sag strike and all this going on as an actor are you worried about the industry I, because it's just it's ever evolving changing you know what was popular 10 years ago is no longer you know we're such in an age of streaming and going to app you know netflix hbo max all these types of things and only the big big movies have the time at the theater, whether it be Marvel, DC, Barbie, Oppenheimer. Like as a, as an actor in the in the in the business, are you afraid? Are you afraid of this tiptoeing towards streaming, or do you think maybe the theaters are okay? It's just we're kind of just in a I think, weird time right now. Yeah, I think I think everything ebbs and flows, man. I mean, bell bottoms were a thing in the '70s, and then they came back <laughs> in the '90s, and you know, it's like. Everything ebbs and flows. We as human beings, we want a, a, a little bit of certainty yeah. and then we want a lot of uncertainty, right? So it's like everything's going to ebb and flow, man. I'm not worried. And again, whatever is supposed to happen is going to happen. And I'm sure, yeah. 100% sure, it'll ebb and flow again and come back. You know, I, I think I'm when truly not ready take for the COVID, 90s to be back. Hey, I, I'll take the eighties. I love the eighties anyways. Uh, but I think, um, I think everything ebbs and flows. Like think about in COVID, you know, like everything was streamed, right? Like crazy streamed. Yeah. And then what happened like six months after people were cramming movie theaters yeah. because they just, they, they fiended for it. And I think yeah. it's going to be the same thing. You know, it's same thing with Marvel for a while. It was like Marvel, this it's all over DC, Marvel, DC, Marvel. And like, yeah. 
then all of a sudden it's, it's kind of like, died down. Oh, kind of, we kind of want to pull back a little bit on that. Let's, you yeah. know, and so like you have this, you have this CGI thing and a lot of people bringing the CGI thing up. And to be honest with you, I don't have all the answers. I don't know exactly. I don't have enough education on it, but I kind of do look at it like this. Okay. So the worry is like, okay, at some point, you know, they're going to have a lot of people writing scripts with CGI or, you know, people might getting their face superimposed for CGI. And then why do you need actors? Why do you need writers and stuff? It's a worry. It is a worry. It's a, it's, it's a legitimate worry, but at the end of the day, us humans are going to get complacent with it. And then people are going to start marketing going, they're going to start going totally, you know, man-made real human being movie, blah, blah, blah. And then that's going to be a big thing again. And then, you know, I, 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 well, I just counter- I see it ebbing and flowing. Well, and to counter that, you know, they've been trying to do that for years. Like, you know, actors like James Dean and Jimmy Stewart and Elvis Presley, they've been right, trying right, to right. find ways to bring them back. It's just, right. I have my own thoughts on that, but you know, that day is going to come. There will be a James Dean movie, you know, 70 years after his, after he died. So, but know. people will get over it then. James Dean is who he is yeah. because of his legacy because of that. Uh, Brandon Lee, Bruce Lee, River Phoenix, which I got to say, you know, um, Ty Simpkins and Insidious really reminded me of River Phoenix a little bit. He had he had that River Phoenix ask of him and working with Ty, you know, he's he's so freaking talented. But, you know, those guys that have all everybody we were just discussing earlier, they're going to live on. Their legend's going to live on forever. Nobody wants to see fake Bruce Lee. Maybe one time. Oh, that'd be cool to see. But then after that, you're over it. Every, you yeah. know, that's, that's gone. Nobody wants to live in the, in, in the dead. Like I said earlier, running water never goes stale. You don't want to sit and look at a pond. You want to look yeah. at the waves as they come rolling in. Right. You know, you don't want to look at a small watch the little... old movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Every once in a while it's good. And it's good to, to, to feel that nostalgic feeling, but that goes away if you pull all that yeah. in. And that's what we also, we, we, we live for that nostalgia. And it, and it goes away if it, it's just, it's a weird thing, you know? Yeah. So Zach, before we get out of here, one of our big yeah. and most favorite fun segments is a top five list. We're, we're heavy on lists. We love lists here at the podcast. Um, so a little impromptu, we, when we get back, are going to ask Zach his top five favorite movies of all time. So Zach, been a joy, been an honor for you to join us here today on the on the show. Thank um, you for fifth, having me. It's been a pleasure. Fifth year anniversary awesome. for us. Thank you. Um so five movies that you probably just could not live without that are your, your go-tos, what would they be? You got to limit me down to five, man. This is hard. <laughs> That's hard. Um, God, I got to go with Enter the Dragon. I'm a huge Bruce Lee fan. Huge. I mean, that movie shaped me. Bruce Lee shaped me since I was a kid. If I would have never met Bruce Lee, dude, I wouldn't be sitting here. I assure you. 
um, Enter the Dragon, script-wise, cast-wise, ahead of its time, action-wise, totally ahead of its time. You didn't see anything like that with martial arts. Martial arts before that, you know, people were flying through the air with swords and, you know, chop, chop, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. That, I mean, Bruce Lee, he brought emotional intention to everything. He was in it. You could feel it. You want to talk like, you know, seeing like a James Dean on the screen again. Bruce Lee had that-esque. You know, he had that. He was an actor, that. you know, not just a superstar in, as far as martial arts. He was an actor. So I got to say Enter the Dragon. Um, next one is like my I have a few go to's. Um, Stand by me oh. is one of the greatest cinematic masterpieces ever. I mean, talk about we were talking about nostalgia. Mm -hmm. That brings me to my childhood in an instance the moment i hear that 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 uh tone at the beginning where you know uh dreyfus is sitting in the truck and he's reminiscing you you hear that music play it's like man instant take me, boom take like me you're back. there yeah you know you're there and um you know just how rob reiner got the you know acting the, the, the whole thing out of those kids got them to come out and, and, and give that performance that they did is just, it's phenomenal. Um, stand by me is hundred percent. One of my go-tos. Um, next I would probably have to say probably the outsiders, mm. um, outsiders again, you know, takes me right back and talk about a movie that literally launched so many people's careers and it was yeah. good. I mean, it was a great, great, great movie. Again, like I could watch that every day. If somebody said, you got to sit down and watch uh, the outsiders. Okay, let's go. You know, Just I love the you're on this podcast and we got to say Oklahoma. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Tulsa. We have the outsiders house yeah. in Tulsa. Exactly. Exactly. And the outsiders is, man, that is an all time fave, you know? And it's just, it's crazy to the, so many different people that I run into have never seen it. It's like, how have you never seen the outsiders? Like, yeah. really? Like, you know, um, and then and I'd that's have crazy. to say, that's, oh, no, no that's what, I was going ahead. to say, that's crazy. That's a Coppola film. I, it does not seem like oh, a Coppola yeah. film, but, but it is. No, no. So such a solid movie, man. So good. <laughs> um, next I'm gonna have to say the breakfast club. Mm. Uh, the breakfast club, I could literally start to finish recite every single line, every yeah. single line. Um, give you a quick story. I was in a, um, an audition a couple years back and they said, Hey, do you have a monologue prepared? I go, yep. <laughs> and then next thing you know, I just go, you guys realize what I did to get in here. <laughs> I taped Larry Lester's buns together. I literally just pulled it out. Like I didn't even give them a chance to, to say start. I just go, you guys know what I did to get in here and just slid right into it. That is by far one of my favorite go-to movies. And then uh, I got one more, right? Um, yeah. I'm going to have to say Goodwill Hunting mm. just because the story behind it, how Matt Damon and Ben Affleck had it made, you know, Robin Williams being in it. There's so many, you know, gut wrenching emotional scenes in there. Their performances were on cue. The the relationship between Ben and and Matt in the movie were phenomenal. The relationship between Matt and Robin Williams Robin Williams was phenomenal. Um, that movie is a go to of mine as well. I mean, I think in all honesty, I, I really figured out I wanted to act right when I 
the first time I ever watched that, like really yeah. act, not just play, you know, karate in the basement anymore. Like I want to act, you know what I mean? And then I'm just going to slide in all the Rockies and the Lost Boys. That's what so I'm talking about. I had to do that. There you go. <laughs> so you, uh, yeah, I own all everything you just mentioned and you're definitely, uh, making me want to go and, and rewatch all these. Most of those, actually all those that you just talked about almost nearly perfect films, especially with yeah. breakfast oh, yeah. club, Goodwill hunting. The story alone behind Goodwill hunting could make a hell of a documentary. Yeah. Yes. That's true. Yes. Um, yep. And that movie's got some phenomenal dialogue. It, it, it's an it's no oh, it's no yeah. wonder why it won best screenplay. So. Oh my God, no! I mean the the scene between Matt and Robin when they're sitting on the bench and he starts telling yeah. him, you know, you ripped my fucking heart, you know, you ripped my life apart, dude. I mean, there's so nothing powerful. better than that. Yeah, nothing better, you know. So, and that right there just proves how good Robin Williams was. And then can go straight from that into improving about talking about his wife farting in bed. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, and and he improv that whole thing. And when Matt Damon is is uh, laughing, he's really laughing. That's at real that because yeah. he had he had no even, idea that was coming, dude. Even the cameraman, like the cam the camera kind of like yeah, you see the camera. Like shake, he's right? he's, he's yeah, yeah, the cameraman's laughing. Yeah. Even yeah, another absolutely. great line in that, another great scene in that is when outside of Rob <coughs> Williams is when uh, Ben and Matt are just kind of talking. He I says, knew you were going to say that. If you're here in 20 years, that. I'm going to kill you. That, I'm going to kill you. I, I think yeah. I think that's great. Just to, like if you have something, if there's something you want to do in life, you have to go for it regardless. You have to. You know. Yeah. So. And if you're not going <clears> to <throat> do it for for yourself, do it for other people that yeah. that lived life for you to be able to have the breath that you have. I mean, that's one thing that people don't understand. You owe it not only to yourself, you, you owe it to everybody. Like I said, before we even started the podcast, you know, um, a lot of actors change their name. Yeah. Why? That's your yeah. name, dude. Somebody gave you that your grandfather, your mom, your, they worked your dad. They worked for that name, dude. Stand by that name. Who cares if the rest of the public doesn't like it, who gives a shit? You know, there's so many, name, it's, it's everything. It's yours. And there's so many, if you go back in time and look at the golden age of Hollywood, there are so many actors. That's not even their real name. It's, it's all, it's insane. Oh, I know. Really. I know. I know. And I get it. You know, maybe that's, that's privacy issues. They want to do it that right. way that I can understand. But, but man, some of stand it is, by that name. But some of it is you walk, they walked in and said, no, we don't like your name. You're going to have to change it. Yeah. 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 And I'd go, so. Right. That's what I would tell him. Sorry. No, that's my name. Deal with it. You don't like it. And I think going back to the rejection, sometimes you got to be like that, man. Sometimes yeah. you got to stand, you got to stand for what's in here and not worry about everything out here. You know, it's hard to do. It's really hard to do, but you got to do it. So, I mean, if I'm, if I'm ever going to say something, I stand for that. I stand for that, you know, being who you are relentless, yeah. relentlessly being who you are, but also trying to be a better you at the same time. So Zach, before we uh, before we let you go, how many seats left for the? Uh, oh, in the uh, the private premiere. Well, you, you know, um, I I I haven't checked my phone lately, but before I checked my phone a couple hours ago, I believe there was thirty five. I believe, um, which I mean, we sold so many the first like two or three hours. It was nuts, but it looks like Singer might actually be getting a second 
theater because this is a private event. Um, but I think they're going to, I'm a hundred percent sure they're going to open it to the public as well. So we might do a second showing, um, where I'll actually show up, um, for, uh, the Saturday. Now it will be in public anyway, but the actual event I had put on was actually going to be private. Great. So I think we're going to do a private one that's going to have a little bit more, you know, umph to it, red carpet, Q and a sessions, all that on that Friday. And then another one on Saturday, which won't be quite as grand, you know, nice. So nice. Both playing so we, I mean, both are going to be in Peoria, Illinois, which is my hometown. So, right. so you got the private event. Well, coming technically up. East Peoria is my hometown. Sorry. <laughs> East Peoria. You have the private event coming up. You have the IPA, which is something you mentioned earlier. Yes. I don't know if you want to hit that up. One that one's public. That so one's the, public. the IPA is actually public. Yes. Yes. And then that will be at mirror twin brewing and that's in uh, Lexington, Kentucky. And then the re-education yeah. of Molly singer theaters, September 29th. Um, yes, sir. This has been an honor. It's been a hell of an interview and I'm excited to go see this movie. Um, before you jump out of here, is there anything else you want to add to it? Or uh, hopefully one day we can have you on again. Oh, absolutely. I'll come on anytime. Um, I mean, I really don't have anything else to add, man. You guys are great. Um, you know, I appreciate what you guys do. This stuff needs to happen a lot more. Um, there needs to be a lot more of this stuff going on, um, you know, where people can, you know, chat about and reminisce about movies and film. I mean, it's what built us, you know, it really is. Yeah. Uh, it's not all about TikTok and Instagram anymore. Come on. Let's, yeah. let's, let's get back to our roots. Right. right? Let's have a conversation. So, yeah, the 80s, 90s films, even the 70s. Oh, man. Again, my go-to is probably 80s, but yeah. Right. I, yeah. I pride myself on not having social media, so I feel like I'm doing good, pretty pretty good. I have to have social media. I took, yeah. a, I yeah. took a hiatus, man. I took a hiatus like three years ago. People were losing it. Like, oh, yeah. Why, what's, are you okay? Are you okay, Zach? Everything yeah. okay? Yeah, dude, I just, <laughs> I just really need to do. take a minute off. Yeah, it's, it's, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like you have posted so. today. What's wrong? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, Zach, again, well, I want to thank you for stopping by and hanging out and talking movies with us again. Go check out no Zach in his latest movie, the reeducation of Molly Singer in theaters everywhere, September 29th. Um, we're going to take a little, a little break. When we come back, we're talking about Batman, the mask of the phantasm. Zach, thank you so much. Thank you, Zach. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Good luck on the I premiere. I appreciate it. Pleasure and chatting with you guys. Good luck. You as well. We'll you, Thank we'll you. Good luck to road. you guys as well. Thank Stay you. Stay relentless. Bye. Okay. We'll see you. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye, bud. All right, guys. Uh, we are going to get ready to talk all about Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Um, before we get started, though, Zach... I how was your weekend? Did you have a good weekend? Uh, mine was okay. I've just had a lot of medical issues going on, but overall, you know, still still on the side of the ground, so that's always good. So what about you? I was not uh, as busy as I thought I was going to be, so I ended up watching, um, ended up having a lot of rewatches and uh, just you know, had a, had a pretty good, uh, watch list. So, yeah. I know you've been on a documentary kick. Is there anything you want to recommend real quick? Uh, you know what? Or you want to save it for next week? 
no, we can we can talk a little bit about some of the, you know, you know what I will save for next week. You, sir, have been with us since 2018, literally just a few episodes after we started. Um, yep. This this podcast has been uh, a lot of ups and downs as far as the way we sound, but the last few years have definitely been on the way up. Um, let's let's talk just a little bit about the history of the podcast, man. We're, we we forget what today was. Today was our fifth year anniversary. We've talked about all different kinds of movies. We've had special yeah. guests come on. We've had live events happen. We've we've done fundraisers. We've done all these different kinds of things. Yeah. Um, we have another special guest next week coming on. Um, what has this podcast meant to you the last five years for you? Yeah, man. You know, the last five years has been very. It's been a ride. It really has, man. It, it's just it's it's. I never thought, you know, when I called you, it's always a fun story to go back. Something happened to Zach. We uh, lost communication. So while he's waiting, Ella's back. Um, she's on mute, though. Or she's back. Nope, she's back. Um, okay. I was just asking Zach what this podcast has meant to him the last five years since we are celebrating year number five today. Um, he got disconnected somehow, so... Hopefully he'll be back. There he is. Sorry about that. Okay. No, you're Sorry good. About that. But go ahead. Um, no, no. In all seriousness, you know, in the last five years doing this show, I never <laughs> thought we would get to the level that we are today, whether it be doing this for five years, doing live shows, getting to talk to all different types of people. Um, it's been a joy. It's been a pleasure. It's always been, um, it's been an interesting ride depending on what movies we talk about, some have been awesome. Some have been like, not so good. So, you know, but I think, I think you have to do that. I think if you're going to be a film fan, you have to, I think you have to be open just to all kinds of different things. So, and I think we've covered that, whether it be Hitchcock, Marvel, DC, you know, Thanks, Lisa. animated Batman movies, all kinds of stuff. And, you know, it, I think, you know, like I said, it's been so much fun and I look forward to doing it. And, I think that if you're going to have a hobby and it succeeds to this level, you're obviously doing something right. So, Ella, you are two episodes in on this five-year journey that we have started. Uh, how's it been for you? Are you are you are you coping well with it? Are you having fun? Because that's at the end of the day, that's all it's about is just having fun. Yeah, it actually has been a lot of fun. And um, I think we had talked about this before, how I just have kind of lost the focus to be able to sit and watch a movie at home and not just go to the theater. And the theater is still really iffy for me because, I mean, we're still kind of just coming out of COVID and going to get back into it soon. But other than that, like, it's been really exciting to have the motivation to watch these movies and pay attention and actually getting to talk about it with friends. It's like a, basically a book club, but I'm better watcher than a reader. That's one of my main focuses and happy places was I was like, I see so I, the, the whole, and the whole reason I even started this was I was like, you know what? I have a library behind me. I have <laughs> all these movies that I want to share with people uh, experiences, watch experiences. I'm like, people have fun during book clubs. Why can't I take movies and kind of do the same thing? 
Um, so th that was my whole start of this podcast. I was never a podcaster before. I didn't know anything about it. Literally bought a ch the cheapest mic possible. And you could tell our very first few episodes, it was cheap. Um, and I started it and it grew and grew and grew. And then all of a sudden I'm like, is that really eight? thousand people downloading this podcast weekly and then you know it went it went higher and higher and now doing this with you guys visually um it's fun um you know most of our viewership is still downloading audio which i still thank you everybody out in podcast land that's listening to us thank you so much um if you're watching us on facebook live or ema sawa productions youtube channel we're growing still video wise uh but thank you and we will continue to go on. But, Zach, today's movie, I feel like it had to be special, just like the episode. Um, but today we are talking Batman, Mask of the Phantasm. Um, Batman is wrongfully implicated in a series of murders of mob bosses actually committed by a new vigilante assassin. Uh, IMDb currently has it as 7.8. Rotten Tomatoes is at 81%. The Metascore is at 65%, while the Google users like it at 69%. Um, this did technically bomb at the box office with a $6 million budget. It only grossed $5 million at the box office with a mm. December 25th, 1993 release date. This turns 30 years old this year with the voice cast of Kevin Conroy. Dana Delaney, Dick Miller, uh, Mark Hamill as the Joker. Um, Zach, that's a that's, that's goat record right there. Um, but this movie did bond at the box office um, due to them putting it on in theaters very, very, very last minute. This movie has kind of grown a cult following. Some calling it the best Batman animated movie of all time. Zach, we'll start with you. Uh, was this your first time watching the movie, visiting it for the podcast? And how was it? What'd you think? A few short words. Yeah, this was my first time. Um, so I, I want to preface, I didn't grow up with the animated series. I didn't grow up watching Batman. I, it, you know, just wasn't in my wheelhouse growing up. So going into this, you know, obviously I was familiar with the animated series, but you know, um, overall I liked it. I thought it was an interesting movie. I have questions regarding the timeline, whether it's, you know, where it fits into everything. Um, obviously, animation-wise, it's it's great, um, voice casting and everything. But overall, I had fun fun with it, and um, interesting to hear your guys' thoughts since you guys are probably the 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 lovers of this film. I guess you would say. Hello. Same same question. Was this the first time you've seen it? And uh, if not, do you remember the first time you've seen it? So we definitely were a family that watched all the Batmans from this era, even because I was, uh, this movie came out in 93 and I was only two years old at the time. So I doubt it was in movie theaters. And I, so I can't really remember if I ever saw it, but watching it today, it just felt so familiar. It felt just you know the storyline it's that's what's the comforting part and it's your favorite characters like mark hamill and abe vigoda like i love those two and uh it's just 
still crazy that how many like people that we look up to as I guess a society are actually in the animated series and voicing characters. So let's dig into this. Um, recently, it's it's celebrating a 30th anniversary. Uh, you know this this movie. Um, for me, at least, uh, I remember watching this for the first time on on VHS. Like I got it for Christmas the year later, Christmas 1994. Um, and I just re- wearing out the VHS tape. So rewatching it to me is always like just nostalgia memory. Um, even when I got the 30th anniversary, um, packaging. So to me, it's, 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 it's an important movie. Um, Zach, Ella, the opening score. What'd you think of the score in that that first opening song? Yeah, I think, I think the score it's, uh, by Shirley Walker is, it's very grandiose. It's very epic. It's very, uh, foreboding of something something's going to happen you just don't know what it is um yeah it really puts you in the right mood set to watch the movie and i guess to ask quite start asking questions is this part of the animated series is this a prequel a sequel just so, a spin-off or is it is it its own thing so it's technically its own thing but it was filmed and released in between season one and two okay. and they don't make you relive Bruce's parents' death, they don't make you do any of that. Because technically, when you start season one, episode one of the animated series, it doesn't go back to the basics. It doesn't go back to the beginning. That's what this Mm. movie does. And that's what I appreciate so much about this movie is, first off, you see kills. I think this was one of the first times you see kills in a Batman movie. This is the first time that you, in at least animated version, you see Bruce. Bruce is pretty much first and only love when it comes to the animated movie um which is andrea beaumont and so it takes you back to how he becomes batman and how he technically has to destroy his past in 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 order to protect his future if that makes sense okay okay um yeah i really yeah i really um like Zach said, I like the music. It gets you ready to watch Batman. It's, again, a very familiar score. While each movie is different in how it it does its music, it's just still that essence of Batman it it always has. But I actually was looking up um, what other things that Shirley Walker worked on. And she actually worked on a lot of Batman things, not just this movie. Um, And then she worked on the animated Spawn. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. Like I mm-hmm. loved that show. And apparently she was also a part of the music department in True Lies. And for for the longest time, this was considered the greatest animated Batman movie of all time until The Killing Joke came out, which, yeah. spoiler alert, we'll talk about later this year. Um, but, Love that movie. Uh, let's talk about the first kill. Like I said, it's the first time you see a lot of killing in a Batman movie. What'd you think of Chucky's, you know, Chucky's soul's death in the first 10 minutes? You get to meet the Phantasm, which I also want to point out, you don't see the Phantasm in any of the animated series. It's just a movie. The character never makes another appearance at all. Not even a live action movie. 
This is all you get. I think you kicked everything out. You're cutting out, Johnny. This is all you get of the phantasm. Okay. So what? So yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, like the first kill. I mean, it, it definitely. You could almost, you can maybe categorize this movie as almost like a Halloween type movie, not in the sense of like, like Halloween the movie, but just like right. a like a trick or treat haunted, like a good haunted horror movie type thing. I mean, the first character, I mean, doesn't he get killed off in like in a cemetery or something like that? Just the second and one. The second one. Yeah. But it has a very ghostly presence that it really sets the mood for. Um, this this is something that Batman has never fought before, and the so Joker, it, the Joker says it perfectly. He looks like the ghost of Christmas Future. Yeah, exactly. By the way, I, I understand the love for Mark Hamill's Joker now. I get it because it's always obviously you know if Heath Ledger, Jack Nicholson, but outside of those two, yeah. he's probably he's probably the third best, and I, I get it now. He's his voice his voice alone is just like yeah, that's perfect for Mark for Hamill. Joker. Is literally so perfect. Like I was gonna bring up his role in uh, what we do in the shadows. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen that, but he he just plays this other vampire. And my husband watched it like twice before he even realized that was Mark Hamill. And Star Wars is like his freaking favorite. Like how? That's how funny. did you not realize that? It looks just like him. So but that, um, oh, go, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Finish. Oh, I was going to say about the first kill, kind of what I thought about that, because, I mean, like you said, there's not a lot of killing in Batman, but it's just really funny to see uh, a more animated Batman mindset. Like, mm-hmm. he's not going to kill anyone, but he sure will, like, kick all the henchmen down, or when they're down. Yeah. <laughs> Very vengeful. Zach, was it this movie that you were, like, Wow, Mark Hamill is the Joker. Or have you heard most of you know? Have you heard some of his work before this movie? No, really. This is my first time, if I'm being truly honest, like seeing him as the character. Well, hearing him as the character, and it's just like that was. I mean, just to jump ahead a little, that was my favorite part of the movie. Anytime he shows up on screen, it's just like, yeah, like this is this is cool. This is awesome. I get why people love this, um, but. On the other side of the flip, on the other side of the coin, I do like, and you know, we can talk about this a little bit. I like the backstory that they built for Bruce Wayne, like you said, Johnny, for his, his love interest with Andrea. Um, too many flashbacks. I mean, I didn't have a problem with it, but I enjoyed the flashbacks into that's what built him as a character. It's not just him falling down a well. It's just not him. His parents getting killed. There's other. There's other things to the Bruce Wayne mythology. Right. That influences other him. traumas. Yes, he has other traumas that influence him as to be Batman, and I appreciated that. I, I'm glad they showed that in this movie. Yeah, and you know, it's it's different. And this movie is only an hour fourteen, so yeah. you get everything, and you know, in, in that hour fourteen, and just when you thought, man, he's got the phantasm to deal with, and then you're going back to his love story and how he became Batman. Like 45 minutes in, you get introduced to the Joker and you're like, man, the Joker's in this now. And it's yeah. kind of the best of both worlds. You in, in the animated series, you never get the Joker's backstory mm-hmm. either. So you mm-hmm. kind of get the Joker's backstory in this too, is how he was a gangster and he's the last yeah. piece of the puzzle of the Phantasm's revenge. 
So. Yes. Yeah, so when I went to look at like the screenshots of the movie first, and I realized that like the Joker was in it as well. I kind of felt that feeling that I'm sure everyone in the theater felt like mm-hmm. the Joker's in this one. Yeah. Well, and but I'm glad, <coughs> like you said, I, now obviously I'm, I'm taking your word for it. They don't show the Joker's backstory in the animated series, but I'm glad if you're going to bring the Joker in, tie it into the storyline, which is, I guess he was a goon of, um, he was just one of the goons of the people that were threatening Andrea's father, correct? Yeah. He was the, he was the creepy one that was kind of hitting on him. Yeah. <laughs> hitting, her, hitting on Andrea every time she walks he's, through the door. He, well, he's the one who walks out when she walks in to see him dead. Yeah. yeah. So he's, he's the one that ultimately does away with Andrea's dad. Um, and also Arthur, it's the first time you meet Arthur and it's the one and only time he's in an animated movie or show. Um, and same thing with Andrea Beaumont. So that character is also a one and done in this movie. I like how it kind of twists everything with all these characters, but at the end of the day, it's Batman and Joker and it's, it's them at the end of the day. And it kind of, joke it doesn't reference this movie at all but it's just it's a perfect ending if you if you've ever seen the killing joke it's on hbo max we're going to talk about it in december um maybe even november i'm not sure but it's it's a perfect tie-in silently that's Um, another one i've heard is incredible when it comes to batman animation zach you talked about the uh the cemetery death where the big cross falls on the other guy Mm-hmm. Um, what what did you both think of the cemetery death? Whoever wants to go first. I you know again I, I think them it almost it, it was almost like the the deaths got more not traumatic but they got more grisly as the film went on yeah. in certain different yeah. ways and it, it very much set the tone for and obviously when you get to the giant twist at the end of the movie it makes sense of why these people die in horrible fashions. So, I mean, I appreciate it. I think this movie very, is very smart. It's written very smart in a very smart way where everything ties up and I'll admit by the time we get to the, the twist of the film, it got me. I was like, oh, the, I was not expecting that at all. And I thought I was thinking something else and it turned out to be this and it makes sense. I didn't question it. And yeah, it, like I said, the deaths, they, they get more gruesome as it goes on. And that's, kind of what I like about the animated series, it, it, it is able to build and then just kind of get a little bit past what they do live, but whenever it's the live action, it's like, they're going to hit you with it first. It's yeah. going to be awesome. Yeah. And I, I have a question for that because I grew, I mean, I, if I'm going to watch Batman, I think my, honestly, my first Batman movie was probably Batman Begins, truthfully, honestly. Mm-hmm. So I, I grew up with the, I grew up with the Nolan movies, you know, we sat through all the Zack Snyder stuff and where we are today with Robert Pattinson. Why is it that the, why is it that the animated movies get so much more critical reception good wise compared to the live action ones? <laughs> Just in your guys' opinion. I, I honestly think it's, uh never satisfied with what you got kind of thing like the animated series or any movies or anything even just like the the joker one we're going to talk about it 
allows a story to build. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. just have to go straight to the action. And I think that's what viewers lose is the appreciation to just listen to a story. Yeah. Well, I love that point. That's a good point too. But my, my, my question or my, my, my thought and my comment is they don't go together. All these Batman no, an- animated, all. all these no. Batman animated movies, you don't need a universe. You put all yeah. your, you put all your, your coins in one bag. You tell that one story and it ends up being a really good, well-written story. With the live-action movies, you have to develop a universe, and you have to develop character building, and you have to develop acting. CGI is a complaint. With the animated yeah. movies, it's it's none of that. It's just your the characters you enjoy, and it's good storytelling. Batman Year One and Year Two, highly recommended. Um, the Killing Joke is one. The Dark Knight, the, the Dark Knight Returns Part One and Two, all these Batman animated movies, which are on HBO Max or Max, go check them out because if you have an hour and fifteen to kill and you want just not even character development, you just want to see these stories come to life in an animated version, go check them out because if you think this one is good, they're all good. This one's yeah. to me, to me, this one's on that goat level, but they're it's- all they're all right behind it. I feel like the the animated movies are definitely like you're grabbing a comic book out of a graphic yeah. novel type thing. Yeah. Even it's not Batman, but he's got some appearances in it. The Flashpoint Paradox is another good animated DC movie. The Death of Superman is a good one. All Craig said it a few weeks ago, and I wish he was on here to talk about it. But Craig, <clears throat> Craig said it a few weeks ago. The DC animated movies just hit on another level it's 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 everything this and the the animation always looks so good so yeah uh zach you you wanted to talk about the scene we'll talk about the ending scene a little bit that kind of got you but uh another death was saul's death what do you guys think of when you know the phantasm comes in rips the magazine or the newspaper out of his hand and he's already dead with the yeah. camera pointing at him, and it's the Joker trying to see who is actually doing these killings. That's another Ghost of Christmas present dark scene. This movie's really dark for it to be stringed towards kids. Yeah, I mean that when the it's the the contortion of the face, just like oh damn, that that would have been a horrible that would have been a horrible death. Um, but I like how they joker's pissed that his his kills are being taken from him i i really like that aspect of it and how you know this is my territory like what who are you to come in and do what i'm supposed to do and that's just kind of the essence of the joker that's he's like that's what i do i'm the person that kills you stop yeah. killing people for me <laughs> um let's see let's let's talk about the ending the uh the layout, if you will, of the amusement park, which is referenced at the beginning and in the middle of the movie, uh, yeah. where the thing takes place. You have the the big, you know, Bruce Wayne finds out who the Joker really was, and he was the one who killed her dad. Um, mm. What do you guys think of the reveal that Andre, Andrea, Andrea, however you want to say it, is the Phantasm? Zach, what, what, what way did you think this was going? I thought the way the way the movie was set up and the way it was presenting it to me was 
it was her dad that was doing the killing. It was, you know, everything was directed towards her. Andrea was just an innocent bystander at all this. Um, and he's the one behind the phantasm mask. But I'm glad it didn't go that way because, you know, I could have figured, I would have figured it out earlier. And so when the, when the mask is revealed and it's Andrea, I was just like, that's awesome. You know, you got me, <laughs> you got me in a twist and it really worked. So when, when Batman has to confront that, I was just like, Oh, like, I want to take you out. I want to bring you in, but like, damn it. I loved you at some point. So I'm not going to, um, I think that's, that's very different. That's a very different way of Batman dealing with a villain in, the, in that in that form and fashion. So, Ella, what about you? Did you enjoy the twist? Did you think it was going another way, kind of like Zach, or did you kind of know all along? So I'm kind of the worst at predicting movie endings. Like me and my husband <laughs> will just sit there watch a movie and like predict back and forth like what's going to happen. He's almost always right. I'm pretty much always wrong. <laughs> And yeah, I, it's not what I'm good at. So I didn't really like, yeah, like Zach said, it kind of just made sense to be like the dad or whatever. But yeah, I didn't even think of any other twist because that's just not what I do best. Uh, one, I do have to ask you something. Have you taken allergy medicine? I am on 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 a, on a, a allergy uh, pill. I've been on. You're cutting it out again, dude. Hold on now. You're good. Allergy, Dayquil, Nyquil, Mucinex, um, Theraflu, Theraflu with the hot little pouch, and it's been it's been about this is day number. Saturday will be two weeks. Oh gosh. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean it. Probably isn't just allergies, but like Oklahoma's been so rainy and crazy as the weather changes, and that's usually when like my family's allergies just like spike. Flare so up, that's yeah. what we are doing. And the Benadryl at night, and it really—I mean, I just have uh, since we've been on, I started feeling a lot more drainage. And I was like, Juan got me sick for the computer. <laughs> Like I've, no, I've, I think uh, it's just the allergies. There's, there's been no green, mu you know, green mucus. So that's. Good, right? Oh yeah, it's probably it's just allergies then. With no, you know, no infection. Um, right. I've just never. Just take more Benadryl. There we go. But then I'll fall asleep during movies like what we're talking about today. And do it at night. <laughs> um. So ending kind of got you guys. What did you think of, uh, you know, she technically was fine. She was at the, she almost had like a Titanic ending. The old lady at the, at the end of the ship, she was fine. Um, Batman obviously goes on and goes out in the night. He's still Batman. Um, ending was good. Did yeah. You, I mean, I, to be honest, it made me want to watch the animated series. So obviously it succeeded, it succeeded in that, in that aspect so um and I, I like how like you said johnny you don't have to watch the anime series you don't have to follow a giant universe it's just its own thing and i i think as moviegoers and as uh watchers we forget we can have a simple independent story i think that's one of the great things about robert pattinson's batman it's not connected to the dceu it's its own story i love that batman <laughs> so 
you know, Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah, it's it's a story evolved over three movies, but you don't need all three. It's hell. Just one. You can watch one. Yeah, you can watch the Dark Knight. You can watch Dark Knight Return or Dark Knight Rises. The Batman Begins. You know it individually their own their own story. But if you want more, you have that option. So, so Zach, a, a documentary a few weeks ago made me go on a documentary binge. Want to check out some more DC? I know you said the animated show, but did did it make you want to go check whether animated Batman movies or DC animated movies? Yeah, just your just your mic again. Um, yeah, the Killing Joke. I heard, heard that's like probably number one outside of Mask and Phantasm. Uh, the Dark Knight Returns. Um, probably those two in the animated series are probably probably on my watch list of those are the ones I want to tackle next. So nice. Yeah, I um always really love just watching doing Batman marathons with each of the different Batmans and the one I still can't get behind is just the Ben Affleck. Like I'm sure it's fine, but I just, I can't bring myself to even accept him as Batman. So I'm just not even mm. trying, but um, was, I want to watch the, a, the flash. He's the best part of uh, Batman v Superman. Honestly, I actually he's, think he's really I good. saw that one. Uh, it was that like his first appearance in a movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember that and I did like it, but I was just like, eh, you know, she didn't say George Clooney. So that's a win for me. George Clooney was, Love I grew up with George Clooney. Me no. too. Like Mr. Freeze. Yeah. I love Poison Ivy. Like that is like <laughs> some of my favorite movies. Zach, and I think he notes. was. Oh, go ahead. Uh, uh, Zach, you taking notes? You better watch Mr. Freeze and Batman. Oh, I don't. I don't know if I can do that one. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> They're perfect, but that's exactly. what I was going to say about the animated series. Oh, sorry. I don't know. Um, the bat nipples is... themselves. I don't know. Uh... You. Leave I don't think I can do it, man. One. He's just cold. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the, the great thing about this animated movie is that it actually goes with the animated series. So it's a lot easier to be like, oh, let me jump into that. And then you'll get a whole era of Batman. That's more yeah. than just like a trilogy. Yeah. And that's what I've heard. It, it like I said, it's its own thing, but it definitely sp spreads, uh, starts the, the seed. seeds, starts the seed for what comes in the animated series, even though they're, you know, like you said, Johnny, they don't, these characters don't come back in that. Favorite scenes. Uh, Ella, we'll start with you. you have um, I mean, I would just say the, I like gore. Um, hmm. So the cemetery scene probably was just one of the cooler killings to me. So. I always I'll thought that. I'll go with, the opening scene of the introduction of the phantasm. I always thought that was just a perfect, perfect way to introduce somebody, um, especially with killing somebody right off the bat. It almost feels, this kind of feels like a Scream slash Batman movie, like a whodunit. Um, mm -hmm. So I enjoyed the opening scene. Anytime the Joker's on screen, I enjoy it. Um, and then the Saul death, when he had the newspaper ripped out and Joker had already got to him. Was it was a fun scene as well, um, Zach? What about you? Any favorite favorite scenes? Um, probably my favorite is just anytime Mark Hamill's Joker's on screen. The the fair where he's talking to the animatronics as like it, it, that's his family. I 
thought it's just that's that's perfect at, for a Joker character. And then um, just the backstory between Bruce and Andrea, um, like you said, Ella, it's just another trauma that kind of feeds his obsession to be Batman, um, and it's it's more than that. So yeah, those are probably the two um, gold stars in the movie for me. So all right. Uh, Zach, I hope this isn't Michael Keaton Batman-esque for you. <laughs> Ella, what about you? We'll start with you first. Star rating, 1 out of 10. What do you give this one? I have to give pretty much every Batman series, movie, everything a 10. <laughs> I have a really skewed system, but here are my biases. Batman's pretty much my favorite superhero. Like, Marvel, DC... Like, I grew up whenever the DC movies were, like, just still really good. I didn't really watch the Marvel stuff until it kind of had its big deal with Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah. So, I just love Batman so much because he's just my childhood. So, if I was giving it a real rating, I'd say, like, eight-ish. Just because, I mean, it is a familiar storyline and um but you're not really asking for anything new when it comes to batman so so you're going with an eight I'm yeah gonna be we'll biased. do that i'm gonna be biased it's it's one of my favorite batman movies of all time it's my favorite animated movie i'm giving it a 10 uh, i watched Yay. it i watched it twice in like 12 hours um the score is fantastic the animation for its time is fun um Kevin Conroy is Batman. Mark Hamill is the Joker. It's just it's just a perfect, quick animated movie for me. And I could watch it over and over again. And the, the 4K, the sound is amazing. The visuals are epic. Go check it out. Go buy it. Is it worth $27? I don't know. Um, but <laughs> I mean, a, if you're collecting, yeah, probably. It is. But from a standpoint of just, honestly, if you've never seen it before... Go check it out on Max. Um, there's a reason that this is a a cult has a cult following. It may have not even made its budget back, but it, it's a fun animated movie. Ten for me, Zach. All right, moment of truth. Do I destroy? Do I help? Okay. <laughs> um, honestly, I'll, I'll give it a seven. I mean, like I said, this is my first time watch, and to kind of delve into the, the the DC Batman animated stuff. It, it it's a good start, honestly. Um now you're probably there are people out there thinking like, well why don't you give it a higher grade? Because it's this is new to me. Like I said, I didn't grow up with this. So just coming at it as an adult, as a film viewer, as you know, someone that likes superhero movies, um I feel like a seven is rel- relatively good grade for a first time watch, especially for, if it's something you've never seen before. So <clears throat> it is. It's not, yeah. It's not Batman I, Returns, Johnny. So you should be happy. I didn't. I didn't get it. It's fine. So you live to fight another day. So. Um, but no, this is this has definitely been a fun show. I want to thank oh, Zach oh. Shear for being on earlier in the show. Um, I wanted where, to show something I got that? from Walmart, an exclusive oh. Walmart with my Amber Before Christmas picture disc with music by Danny Elfman. I don't, I don't nice. know how cameras work, but it's so cute, and I haven't opened it. I like took the plastic off today, and it kind of killed me a little bit. But look how cute oh, it wow. is! Oh, that's the vinyl. Have you listened to it yet? I haven't. No, I literally just opened it, and I had it for like a week or so. 
But yeah, I saw it. It was like 25 bucks. And I was like, I, I've got to have that. That's one of my favorite movies. That's like one of those childhood movies for me. So yeah, I'm like so ready for Halloween. We're we're talking about that movie in October. (laughs) We are. We are. I've never. Before Christmas? Yeah, I've never ever. We've never reviewed it here, Zach. And, you know, I was like, how have we not reviewed that movie? So I'm taking in, I'm taking out Armageddon and I'm putting in The Nightmare Before Christmas. I'm kind of sad, but I'm okay with it. So. As long as we um, can do Armageddon later. I I, kind of like Armageddon. um, Yeah, Armageddon's fun. (laughs) Just fun? No, I, I like Armageddon. It's a, it's, one of the better Michael Bay movies, I'll say. So I do too. I didn't even realize that was Michael Bay. I just remember from when I was little. But next week we're going back to school. We're talking oh, a little bit yeah. about. We're talking some Jack Black, and uh, we're talking School of Rock next week on another new episode of the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. We also have another fellow podcaster joining us next week. Um, so we got another special guest. Um, this one is a. He's going to special guest reviewer. He's going to review the whole movie with us. Gonna hang out with us and talk all about Rock. Uh, Zach, we'll start with you. Are you excited for next week? Oh yeah, I rewatched the movie yesterday. It, it's so much fun. Um, it's on Paramount Plus, and you can watch it for free on YouTube. Um, but yeah, I, I can't wait to talk about it. So, so Ellis yeah, I super Rock. love this movie. It was it was again one of those. I mean, I I don't think I was like super young, but it was definitely one of those movies. I was like, yeah, this is the coolest. I love Jack Black. It was really one of those like early ones that I think Shallow Howl is probably the earliest movie that I love that I love in. But School of Rock is another magnificent one. So next week, fun fact: I've only seen it once, so this will only be my second time watching it for next week's episode. So we'll see how uh, the rewatchability is to me. Um, School of Rock next week on another new episode. Um, five, five down, another five to go, maybe. I don't know. Um, any, any other final nail in the coffin comments before we move on to School of Rock, guys? Just glad you guys Forward. are still having me. <laughs> Thank and you all. Excelsior. Oh, there you go. I don't know how to do. I don't know how to say words. <laughs> uh, again, go check out Zach Cheer's new movie in theaters September 29th. The Reeducation so of Molly Singer. And this is next week. School of Rock on a brand new episode of the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. Five years. Thank you, guys. <laughs>